listening to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 5th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I'm Broadway Records' Robbie Roselle. Hey, hey, Robbie. Welcome. Hi, pals. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Where are you these days? Uh, I am currently riding through Plymouth, Massachusetts uh, on a very much needed tiny vacation. Excellent. So... That yeah. seems almost perfect because I believe there is a little bit of good feelings about you being on vacation while Kickstarters are running. Weren't you in Italy when Jessica Vosk's Kickstarter? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, I was in Italy uh, when three days in it fully funded. And uh, weirdly, I'm doing mine right now and we have three days left to fully fund. So. And- and you're really close. I'm looking at the page now. You are trying to raise $17,500, and you currently have, with four days left, $15,625. So that's less than 2000 bucks. So I know we've talked about it on this show many times, but why don't you tell people a little bit about what this thing is that you are trying to raise a lot of money for? Sure. Uh, so... Uh, I- a year, a year and change ago, uh, I fifty four asked me to create uh, a solo show, which I did called "Songs from Inside My Locker," which uh, kind of took my high school bullying days and turned it on its ear and uh, made something really great about it. Um, because you know that quote, "Take your broken heart and turn it into art." Uh, that's what I really did. It was sort of um, in. Uh, it was, uh, it was created because of the the election and how the high the 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 high school bully is like in the highest office in the land, and it was a reaction to that on a micro level, um, and it it's done well. It sold out twice, and then they asked me to create a new show this year, which I did, um, but. Uh, that first show really sticks with me, and now I want to bring it back with my really great band and uh, record it live uh, and put it out into the world. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Then there's there's a bunch of different pledge options. James and I have both contributed, and there's lots of cool stuff that people can get. We will have a link in the show notes uh, if people haven't yet they should go and make a contribution i'm sure you will take a donation of whatever size uh, as literally five cents to five million dollars i'll go crazy <laughs> i mean if you got five million dollars i can maybe think of some shows that need reviving but uh anyway as well yeah yeah so so robbie rather than just let you roll down the highway um we're gonna have you hang out with us for the whole show and talk about some theater news and and all that kind of stuff all right let's do it all right first up in the news yet another star-studded play will be coming to broadway this spring Yeah, James, Robbie, I believe that we are beginning a new era in Broadway producing, one in which there will never be another musical opening on Broadway. It'll be all plays, all stars, nothing but plays, no musicals, especially no musical revivals, because yesterday it was announced that two-time Tony Award winner and three-time Emmy winner Lori Metcalf and two-time Tony winner and six-time Emmy Award winner John Lithgow will return to Broadway to star in Hillary and Clinton, a new play by Tony nominee Lucas Nath. Joe Mantello will direct the show, which will begin performances on March 16th, ahead of an April 18th opening. The theater hasn't been revealed yet, but I have to think with those specific 
pick of dates, guys, that usually that means they know what house it's going into. But that show that is currently there hasn't announced closing yet, so they don't want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, steal their thunder something. and announce the fact. The Rogers, yeah, they don't it's going to go into the Rogers. Yes, Richard <laughs> Rogers. Either that, yeah, that or the Gershwin. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the show, in this show, uh, behind closed doors in the state of Ma- of New Hampshire, sorry, during the early days of 2018, a former first lady named Hillary is in a desperate bid to save her troubled campaign for president of the United States. Her husband Bill sees things sees things one way. Her campaign manager, Mark, sees things another. If any of this sounds familiar, don't be fooled. In a universe of infinite possibilities, anything can happen and will. Now, that last line, guys, is the most interesting because apparently the show had an out-of-town tryout in Chicago in 2016. And while obviously this is Bill and Hillary Clinton, those characters, it's not really about them as historical figures. It's not a historical show. It's more about them as stand-ins. For women in politics, the politics of marriage, gender roles, and more. Robbie, you apparently, as you claim, had a great tweet about this show. What was your tweet? I just, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when Roseanne read that Laurie Metcalf was going to play Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I just want to know if she exploded or threw macadamias or what happened or in that moment. Took, a, took an Ambien or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my goodness. That, that's, that's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great show. And, James, you and I have talked about this on a number of occasions. There are just so many incredible plays on Broadway this season, and there are some good musicals. I'm not saying there are no musicals that to be excited about. There certainly are. But it just seems so crazy that there are so many star-studded and exciting plays, like plays that are new or revivals that have some sort of fresh take on them. Like this really feels like an odd, you know, golden era of plays on Broadway, which we've really been so musical focused in previous seasons. Yeah, it's the year of the play for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great uh, Tony race at the end. Matt, I I didn't ask you this before we started. Perhaps we should have. Uh, do you, is there some sort of um, anybody keep track of all the Rudin projects in Hollywood? You know, is is Scott pulling back from Hollywood and stepping up on Broadway, or is it just my imagination, or um, just do people I track that? Well, Scott I Rudin. mean. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine IMDb has a list of his upcoming projects. I'm pulling that up. Um, I mean, he's got a ton of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six things in post-production, one, two, three things that are filming, one, two that are in pre-production, and then another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that are all announced. So he still seems to be doing plenty of stuff uh, in Hollywood. I think maybe he's just, you know, being more of the guy overhead and letting some of his underlings take care of the specifics perhaps, but he still very much uh, has his hand on both sides of the entertainment world. So let me read when to you. When does he sleep? IBDB from 2016 on King Charles III, A View from the Bridge, The Humans, Blackbird, The Crucible, Shuffle Along, The Front Page, The Glass Menagerie, Sweat, Hello Dolly, A Doll's House Part Two, 1984, Meteor Shower, Three Tall Women, Carousel, The Iceman Cometh, Boys in the Band, The Ferryman, The Waverly Gallery, To Kill a Mockingbird, King Lear, and Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus. That is 
just in the last two years. Yeah, that's that's nuts. And that's nuts. Whatever you think of, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily like the way he does things, whether that's in terms of social media or B-roll or just kind of being the big you know, guy on the block, but you know, Robbie, you see as much shows as, as anybody and, you know, James, you do too, but like he generally produces quality stuff. So it's hard to be mad at him. Sure. No, he's making it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that, I want to transition into our next story because James, when this was announced to you and I kind of traded some texts about where is everything going uh, this mm-hmm. season, as we look into the fall, it is now October. So, you know, we're into the fall season. Shows are starting to open. There is only one theater that is unaccounted for in this fall season where something, you know, theoretically could come in. But I don't think it will, obviously, since we're so late. That's the Imperial. Nothing is going in there in the fall, likely until Ain't Too Proud begins performances in February. We also, of course, have the Palace, but that's getting jacked up or whatever that is. So then we move into the spring. And what we have for the spring is we have two theaters where something could go in at some point. It might not be the exact spring season. It might carry over into the summer, into the next Broadway season. That'll be the, the Al Hirschfeld where kinky boots will close in April. And then we have the, um, uh, we have the house, uh, the Velasco where the net where network is playing. That's closing in mid March. So we're not exactly sure if something's going to happen in those, but from there, the theaters that do not have occupants in the spring season are the court, which may or may not get renovations. The Hayes, which of course will have something from second stage. And then the only other one is the Walter Kerr, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, which probably already has a tenant that hasn't been announced. From there, there are 14 potential theaters in my estimation that could be open in the spring, depending on any closing notice or whatever. And I think that's fairly generous because I don't think we'll have maybe but four or five of those. But if we just talk about this, the ferryman, I believe is an open-ended run and we don't get a whole lot of open-ended plays on Broadway. So we'll see what happens with that one. Then you've got Anastasia. We'll see what happens with King Kong with waitress once on this Island. Uh, the band's visit, I think is probably pretty good, but it's been waning a little bit in the, uh, the box offices lately. Then we've got uh, Head Over Heels at the Hudson, which I'm st- still shocked how that's still open. But it's if it's still running now, who knows? Maybe they could keep it open for as long as they wanted. Then we'll see what happens when the prom opens at the Long Acre. We've got Summer at the Lunt Fontan. Maybe Pretty Woman is doing pretty well, so I think that's probably safe to make it into the spring. We'll see what happens with the Share Show at the Neil Simon when it opens next month. Uh, and then we've got the Schubert, which has To Kill a Mockingbird opening in November, beginning performances in November. That's an open-ended play as well. We'll see how that goes. Uh, then we'll see what happens, whether Beautiful decides to keep going at the Stephen Sondheim. And uh, we'll see if Lincoln Center decides to keep My Fair Lady going. So there's lots of options. And then we have a couple of shows that have announced for Broadway this season in Burn This, King Lear, and then Hillary and Clinton. And then we've got a few more that are probably circling. The, the Girl from the North Country show, which is we're going to talk about here in a bit, I have said for a while, I think is going to go into the Walter Kerr. I think we'll either get Town or Olympica because they share a director. We'll probably have one over the other. And then everything else that might want to come in is going to have to fall, you know, kind of fight over what's left. So lots of shows that could close, but there's still a lot of producers out there waiting to see what is actually available for the Spring James. That is uh, quite a chart. You're going to link to it somewhere in our show notes so that people can uh, yeah. draw their own conclusion. You know, yeah. you know, it's important to show the math whenever you're uh, doing the uh, doing the test. 
<laughs> yeah. Robbie, what, what do you think about the the crunch? I mean, there's some of these shows that have been around for a while, things like Waitress and Beautiful and, and even Kinky Boots, which just announced it's closing that aren't, you know, doing huge box office, but they've been around for a while and they've recouped. And you throw in something like Anastasia. Like, do you think that some of these things are going to keep going for a while or do you think that we're going to see some turnover for the spring? No, I think we're going to see a January 6th change of a bunch of shows like that's traditional anyway. Sure. Uh, you know, the clear, the, the, the great winter clearing um, post holiday. Yeah. I, I, you know, waitress is hanging on, but for how long? Um, we already know kinky boots is closing in April. Um, Head over heels is spectacular, but not doing the business it needs to be doing. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there will be some some closings, and uh, of course, producers want to be respectful of shows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Matt. What do we have in the recommendation section? Well, we have this video that the official YouTube channel for Dear Evan Hansen put out yesterday. And and Robbie, I'm so glad you're here because I have had trouble pronouncing this woman's name for years. And now that Great. she is currently playing Heidi Hansen on Broadway, how do you pronounce Lisa's last name? Brescia. 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 Okay, one at a time, because you both are saying it and I can't hear either of you. Robbie, what, what is it? Brescia. Brescia. Okay, perfect. I don't know how to say her name. Like, I know who she is. I love her in Ordinary Days, and I love her husband, um, but I don't know how to say her name. So anyway, this video has all of the moms, or both of the moms from Broadway, and both of the moms from the national tour of Dear Evan Hansen singing Anybody Have a Map, and it is amazing. Uh, I I love it. It's so good. Have you had a chance to see it yet, guys? I haven't seen the video, no. Robbie, have you? I haven't seen it yet, but I... It's like I'm desperate too. I know about it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, it's so good. And it's what's interesting is that we see so many of the <laughs> the casting connections that happen with these moms. Uh, Lisa Brescia uh, replaced um, uh, 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 replaced uh, oh uh, Rebecca Rachel, Rachel, Rachel Jones. Rachel yeah. Bay Jones, I couldn't get it out. Um, she replaced her, but then, so that means that Lisa is a former Alphaba. She's playing opposite Jennifer Laura Thompson, a former Glenda, um, who is who's the, the Murphy mom. On tour, Mrs. Murphy is played by Christiane Knoll, who did the tour of Town in the role that Jennifer Laura Thompson created on Broadway. So lots of connections in these things. It's a great video, so highly, highly recommend it. And then in other DEH news, last night, the London Daily Mail's Baz Bama Boy reported that the show will make its West End debut at the Noel Coward Theater in November of 2019. No casting has been finalized for that, but producer Stacey Mendich did say that they had some people in mind, but there will be open auditions for that production uh, coming up in either later this year or early 2019. So we have uh, Dear Evan Hansen to open up in London in 2019. Uh, are you going to uh, head out there to see it, Matt? We're we going to finally get you to London? No, I have zero desire to leave the country during the age of Trump. <laughs> uh, Robbie, are you yeah. going to uh, visit Old London anytime soon? Old London? To see Miss Benanti. Uh Yes, actually. Um, I'm going to see her uh, later this month, and I can't wait. What okay. day are you going? I haven't decided okay. yet. Uh, okay. I want to give her, like, a minute to, like— 
dip her toes in the water. I hate being the friend who's always yeah. at the first preview and then giving notes. Because so, <laughs> you, you know you would. you would. Well, yeah. This is a working visit, Laura. Right, right. <laughs> so good. Going, so great energy. Here's some notes. Uh, uh, I'm <laughs> such going, a dick move. Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> uh, I'm going to the matinee on uh, on November 4th, if you can wait ah, that long. So, uh, sure. You're, yeah, so anyway, I can't wait. All right, Matt, what else do we have to talk about today? Okay, two real quick stories that I wanted to pass along to get you into your Friday. First up, um, t- despite quoting every unnamed sports th- source that he could possibly find that says the show is terrible and is going to bomb on Broadway, Michael Riedel reported in the New York Post last time that the British producers for Girl from the North Country are working to raise the money to move the production to the Walter Kerr Theater after Bruce Springsteen finally vacates the premises. Now, of course... We told you that over a month ago, but now that Michael Riedel is here to pour cold water on everything the public theater does, take it with a grain of salt. But I think that this is pretty much a done deal at this point. Yeah, it's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad Robbie, who's more in the know than uh, far more than I am. He he agrees. So um, that one you can just kind of slot into the curb. Uh, yesterday, though, Broadway HD announced that they would be capturing Actually, while we're recording, it probably isn't having isn't having hasn't even happened yet. Uh, the Thursday night performance of the musical A Night with Janis Joplin, featuring Bridget Davies, who is returning to her Tony-nominated role at Los Angeles's La Mirada Theater. The film will be available to stream in January of 2019. And then finally, I don't know how you guys feel well, about hey, this, but you know what's weird about A Night with Janis Joplin? That cast album happens to be on Broadway Records. And everyone should go buy it. Everyone should. (laughs) Uh, And finally, you guys might appreciate this more than me because I don't really care for the Phantom of the Opera. But yesterday it was announced that when Phantom goes out on a world tour this coming February, that it will return to the original Harold Prince production. This will be the first time that the original staging has been used to launch a new production since Lawrence Connor's new version made its touring debut in the UK in 2012 before coming stateside in 2013. Of course, the still running West End and Broadway productions, of course, or still use Hal's original staging. But do you guys have any feelings about this weird thing about them switching staging and everything for these tours? I, I I don't really like Phantom, so I don't really care, but I know a lot of people are very emotional about this issue. I I haven't seen the, the air quotes new version of it, but I sort of feel like what's the point? Hal Prince's production is so iconic, and while it's been running for, you know, God, some people have graduated from college, like <laughs> lived their entire lives while the while it's been open. Um, why, why mess with that success? Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you. I've not seen the new staging and I've seen the Hal Prince uh, Phantom many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very, very uh, strange that it's going back and forth. I wonder if there is some sort of legal reason or financial reason that they're doing that i it's 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 very odd very odd maybe maybe it's just a marketing thing well i've seen i saw the tour i saw the tour version the new tour version and it wasn't necessarily smaller i mean it didn't look like it would be something that would be done specifically to make it easier to tour or anything it was still pretty big and you know it's a big spectacular so but I just don't think people like it. So I think they might just be going back to Hal's because it's better. So who knows? Sure. But anyway, if you would like more information on any or all of these stories, 
please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. I want them to do these Phantom of the Operas in the Cheesecake Factories all over the United States. Wouldn't that be a well, good... Yeah. Can we get a Cheesecake Factory into Times Square somewhere? Isn't there one? Was there no, no juniors. There's two oh, juniors. Two, two juniors. That's right. And we love yeah. juniors. We, we love them, but Cheesecake Factory Cheesecake is Factory. my jam. Yeah, that should be it. That should uh, we could do some sort of Broadway Cares Equity Fights Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> so, all right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt Robbie. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Diva Robbie on all the socials because branding. Okay. <laughs> My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. I'm James Marino everywhere, and I hardly post. So uh, <laughs> thanks for spending your Friday with us and wrapping up the week. Uh, we have uh, things happening in the feed this weekend, like this week on Broadway. There's other things going on, and I don't have Oh, yeah. I had me. something yesterday. I had something oh, yeah. yesterday. That's yeah, right. I, I talked the... to uh, Daphne Rubin Vega uh, on a Tell Me More episode that came out on Thursday. So listen yeah. to that. And then go see her and everybody from Miss You Like Hell at their album release party on Monday at Joe's Pub. Yeah, Riedel will be there too because he loves <laughs> he loves the public theater. So, so Matt talked to the DRV and uh, Peter Felicia, and Michael Portantier will be on Sunday on this week on Broadway, and Matt and I will be back to talk with you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs>